and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. And they came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you as uh, out to you that you might know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Well, as we hear about these events, we have to ask, how could this happen? How could the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, how could he be treated this way? But then we remember the parable Jesus told. How the tenants beat and killed the son of the master when the master sent his son to them. Make no mistake, this was not a surprise to Jesus. This was the very fulfillment of what he had come to do. He was mocked. But as Isaiah prophesied, he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Pilate brings Jesus out to be an object of mockery with a crown of thorns and a purple robe. The idea was, let's mock this man. See your king? Behold the man. And to Pilate, and to the soldiers, and to the crowd, a beaten down, bloody, humiliated man. It was about all they could see. But we know there's so much more. This was the son of God, the God-man. The beating and the humiliation weren't being endured by him because he was helpless to stop it. He could have stopped it at any time. He was enduring it all, not because he was helpless, but because we were helpless in our battle against sin, death, and the devil. He was willingly humbling himself to endure all of this in our place. This was what was necessary so that the sins of the whole world could be paid in full. This was what was necessary for justice to be done. For God to be holy and just, sin must be punished. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That son came to take that punishment for us. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 10. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law. 
And according to that law, he ought to die because he has made himself the son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, You would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Pilate assumes this Jesus is an innocent victim who has been brought in because he made enemies of the wrong people. Pilate assumes Jesus is under his authority because, after all, he is a ruler set up by the Romans, and the Romans are, of course, the ones in charge because of their great power, their great army. But Pilate doesn't realize that he's actually merely a tool in the hands of the Almighty God. He has a part to play in these events so that Jesus will be crucified, as the prophets had foretold. Jesus is not helplessly at the mercy of Pilate, but truly, in the end, Pilate will be at the mercy of Jesus when he comes again to judge the living and the dead. What do you think? Will Pontius Pilate be found innocent or guilty? How about you? Will you be found innocent or guilty? Well, clearly Pontius Pilate was guilty. (laughs) He knowingly condemns a man he knows to be innocent to be crucified. Clearly, we are guilty, too. We've broken God's law again and again. But our God chose to suffer the punishment in our place. He chose to endure the just punishment for sin for all people of all time. So even if Pontius Pilate himself repented and turned to Jesus in faith, the very man who condemned Jesus to be crucified would indeed be saved. His sins would be forgiven. He would be welcomed into everlasting life. He would be pronounced not guilty because Jesus had taken that guilt away. The same is true for you and for me. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement, and in Aramaic, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, 
Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he de- delivered them him over to be crucified. We have no king but Caesar. You shall have no other gods is the very first commandment. And yet, mankind has been putting other things, other people, in the place of God from the very start. The fall into sin began because Adam and Eve didn't let God be God. They wanted to be in the place of God. And now the Jews are putting Caesar in the place of God. What things do we put in the place of God? What idolatry have we committed? Even that has been paid in full by Jesus. So they took Jesus. And he went out bearing his own cross to the place that is called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him. And with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Crucified with common criminals, with an inscription placed over him, intended again to mock him. It all seems so wrong. And yet look closely, because this is the good and gracious plan of God. Jesus is indeed the king of the Jews because Jesus is king of all. And crucified along with common criminals, well, this is Jesus in his glory, suffering and dying so that the world can be redeemed. What Pilate wrote concerning Jesus, whether he intended it to be mockery or a slight toward the Jews, was true. Here is the king upon his throne for you. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier. Also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things. The soldiers gambled for his clothing. This meant they had taken his clothing. Nakedness was intended again as a way to shame the crucified. But the soldiers had little knowledge of the fact that What they were actually doing was fulfilling the scriptures. We heard it last night in Psalm 22. And yet, as Jesus hung upon the cross, fully exposed, 
Instead of worrying about his dignity at that moment, his concern was for his mother. But standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that very hour, the disciple took her into his own home. The sacrificial love of Jesus is shown yet again in his concern for his mother. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar of sour wine stood there, and they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. All of this was done willingly for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord, willingly, for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.